When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of the Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by WorldwideGolfShops.com. Folks, you've heard me talk about them before. They've got everything you need, everything you could possibly need for your golf game. they got golf equipment, apparel, accessories. They also have training aids. You need those, especially in the wintertime, like me, when I can't do anything. So go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com right now and start improving your game. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I am your host, as always, Adam from GolfUnfiltered.com. You can find me all over social media at Golf Unfiltered. Send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com, and we'll correspond. We'll say things to each other. We'll answer questions. I may ask a few questions of you. Thanks to those of you who email me quite regularly. Hello to our friends over at Cleveland, Srixon and Zegzio. You guys know I love their stuff. We're going to talk more about them in the coming episodes here momentarily. I hope everyone's doing okay. At the time of this recording, pretty, pretty, well, dark day. I think that's really the only say, way to say it uh, here in the... Uh, the good old U.S. of A. Recording this on January 6th, and so uh, those of you who are history buffs probably remember what happened on that day, and obviously this recording will be released much later on. Um, but I hope everyone's staying safe. I hope everyone's, uh, I hope things have calmed down. I wish I could see into the future a little bit here, because everyone wants to make sure that everyone's just enjoying themselves as much as they can, especially when we talk about golf, because game it's a game that's meant to be enjoyed. And one of the best things that you can do to enjoy the game better is to improve your game. And today we talked to Mr. Monty Scheinblum about his new training aid, the 300-yard impact. Now, it is it is a training aid, and I know that we don't have many training aids on this podcast. In fact, I think we've had less than five, if I remember right. But this is something that, you know, truly I have used over the last few weeks. I've had the chance to try it out quite a bit. And as I say in the interview today with Monty, and as Monty explains in the design of the training aid, it's a very simple concept. I mean, it fits over your hand like a glove, depending on whether you're left or right-handed. It actually works on both hands. And it's just the easiest thing in the world to do while you're just stuck inside like like most of us are. You know, because not only is it winter, but there's still a pandemic going on. So I've had the chance to use it. I can it, it, You can do it indoors. It's... It, got a very unique design to it and without spoiling anything from the interview i think it's something that a lot of people who want to improve their game and who doesn't will really benefit from and if i sound like i'm like wow this this thing actually works let's face it folks there are a lot of training aids out there that really don't do what they are marketed or at least what they're saying they're supposed to help you with this is this is the exception. This is something that there's a lot of thought that went behind this, obviously. Don't let the design fool you in its simplicity. Sometimes the best answers are the easiest answers. And Monty is a guy that, you know, if you if you are aware of the name Monty Shine Bloom, he's a guy that I've followed for a few years now. 
and you know, you go in down the YouTube rabbit hole sometimes. He's got a very successful YouTube channel. He's also branched over into Instagram now, which he talks a little bit in today's interview. It, he just explains things in a way that anybody can understand. And I know, yes, there are a few folks out there that'll say, oh, don't don't get caught up in YouTube lessons because it's just going to make your game worse. You know, he this isn't the case with, with Monty. You know, I, he actually ex- expresses this a little bit in the interview. But if you pay attention to the way that you learn, if you pay attention to the way that most golfers should learn, meaning not hit these positions that everybody in the world is trying to tell you to hit, but rather, how does it work for you? And how the 300-yard impact training aid can help you get there. Well, things start to make a little bit more sense. And I think you'll, you'll hear that a little bit here in our conversation with Monty. Now, before we get to that, I just want to remind everyone, if you like what we do here at Golf Unfiltered, be sure to go out and subscribe. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, all sorts of places. And also go out and subscribe to uh, the other podcast that we do. Uh, myself and my friend uh, Bill Bush over at DrivingRangeHeroes.com. We do the Big Time Golf Guys podcast. You could probably tell, I think we're in like, well, at the time of this recording, probably five or six episodes by now. We're just we're just two jokers that like to talk about golf and gear, and we do it together anyway, so why not just hit record, and if you like that type of conversation, you might like what we do over there. So the Big Time Golf Guys podcast is what we do as well. And last but not least, if you like what we say today about the 300-yard impact, and I think you're going to because Monty's a really smart guy and he knows what he's talking about in regards to the golf swing, go to 300yardimpact.com, use promo code GOLFUNFILTERED, and you're going to get 20% off. How about that? Go out and do it, folks. You're really going to enjoy this conversation that I have with Mr. Monty Scheinblum. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. As I mentioned in the intro, I am very excited to welcome on for the first time Mr. Monty Scheinblum. I've been following you, Monty, for a long time, watching everything you've been doing, not only on social media, but now with the new 300-yard impact, which is a fantastic training aid that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But first and foremost, thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely. Love doing stuff like this. So obviously those who are familiar with your work know that you're a former long drive champion. You uh, are all over social media, Instagram, YouTube in the past, as well as, as other places, just preaching everything about the golf swing. Then you come into the 300 yard impact. First and foremost, what got you into the, uh, the idea of doing a training aid? Cause I know that you do a fair amount of coaching. Well, I was just seeing so many issues that led to, so the 300 yard training, uh, training aid actually goes against what a lot of people see in my teaching, because I say impact is a result of the 148 million things that happened before, and you can't really force an impact position. So then people have said, well, Monty, doesn't this force an impact position? And I said, well, I had a theory one day that golfers react poorly to the golf ball sitting in front of them Hmm. because they have no club face awareness. So their club face gets out of position and then they have to have all the requisite swing faults that everybody knows about flipping, casting, uh, stalling in the hips, over the top, all that good stuff that that nobody wants. And I said, how can I 
change the perception. So I was fooling around one day during a lesson and I'm like, you know what? This person has no idea, you know, conceptually how to get there and what they're supposed to do. So I said, look, you know, this hand to oversimplify is going to control the club face. This is my left hand. Right. And I said, if all I asked you to do was get the back of your hand up against a wall in front of you, what would you do? And they made a pretty good golf swing. And I said, okay, what can I come up with that's going to help this person? So I went to, uh, it, it was one guy that started it. Mm-hmm. So I went to Home Depot, I bought a bunch of stuff and I made something for him. And I said, swing it, flush this pad against the wall. And he goes, okay. And he did, and he made a pretty good golf swing. And so then I had him hit a ball and it wasn't, you know, Adam Scott, but it was better than the swing he had just made. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I could be on to something. So when I started getting people to react to the wall instead of the golf ball, a lot of the normal incorrect movements they produced started to go away. Hmm. Um, and I said, okay, well, if I come up with something, you know, there might be something to it. Like you said, you know, during the winter time when people are stuck in their office, you know, they got five minutes, what can they do to, you know, give themselves a sensation of what they're supposed to do physically without a ball in front of them. So that's kind of, you know, the impetus for it. And I just moved on from there. You know, it's a fantastic idea. And for those who are viewing on YouTube, you can kind of see, and I'll be sure to add some more pictures on this on the website as well, golfunfiltered.com. It's a, it's a simple design, which is always good because I know I've, I've, as I'm sure you have tried many training aids where it's almost a little too complicated, where it almost deters you from wanting to use it again. That's not the case with this. This is very simple to put on. And the concept that you just described in the example, pretty easy to understand too. Yeah. You know, any, every instructor will tell you this, that, you know, there's, there's two sides to this ball flight is all that matters in the end. Do you get, did you strike it solid and the ball go, we were trying to hit it. That's all that really matters. Because you see a guy like Jim Furyk, that's not a golf swing, but he was one of the great players of the generation. However, um, bad ball flights tend to stunt your ability to change your motor pattern to something that's better than what you're doing. Mm. And so, you know, just working on your motor pattern, and that's why you see a lot of people with hitting bays get better over the winter because they're not concerned with, oh, I thinned that one. Oh, I hooked that one. And then trying to adjust after every swing. They're just up there saying, you know what? I know if I do this movement, I'll hit the ball better. And, you know, that's that's what you're trying to accomplish. They're, they're, it's a two-step process. When you're not happy with your swing and you're not happy with the way you, you, you hit the ball, step one is to change your motor program. And step two is to use that motor program to hit the ball better. And people tend to go backwards. They tend to say, well, if I hit that shot well, that must have been a good swing. And then I just put up a post on Instagram the other day. Mm -hmm. Every swing fault that every golfer has is something they made work really well one day 
and they stuck with it. And that's how we end up with our bad swings is we got lucky one day, we made it work right. And we're like, well, this must be good. And then you try and recapture that and you're just digging a grave of just bad movements. That rings so true to me. I mean, uh, you hit the nail on the head. You you learn, as you put it, you ingrain, you ingrain bad motion, you ingrain bad movements. And it's just, it's awful when you just continue to do that sort of thing. Yeah. It, it's just, it's just no fun because like you said, you, you, you do something really well one time. You might shoot a really good score because you're able to replicate that numerous times yet. You're really not doing yourself any favors. Right. And that's, that is the biggest problem that golfers have. And time and time again, on the, on the lesson tee, um, excuse me. That's I have okay. a puppy here. Oh, I no, it's all right. I got, believe me. I have a few down here too. Talk about your dog, Dark. I have a brand new puppy that's 10 weeks old. And I'm like, oh my. Um, so, you know, we get ourselves in trouble because we equate good shot, good swing, bad shot, bad swing. And, and that just doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the best players in the world, they, they don't, they win a tournament on Sunday and then they go on thir- the next Thursday and they shoot a 74 and they miss the cut on Friday. And they're like, they don't go to the ring and say, well, that's not working anymore. Um, I need to fix my swing. No, but that's what amateurs do. I had a bad day. My swing must be bad. I'm going to make a big change. Right. And with other training aids, you know, because I do want to talk a little bit more about the, the, the goals and the different types of things you can do with 300 yard impact. Other training aids almost focus on one, maybe two swing flaws. Whereas you can adapt to the training aid, but in doing so almost make other swing flaws worse, at least in my instance. That's yeah. not the case with this. No, you, you, you better do everything pretty decent or you're going to have trouble. And so with the 300-yard impact, a lot of it is and, – and folks, I know listening to this, you're not able to see it, but it's basically it's, – it's sort of like a glove. And you're probably hearing the Velcro on the, the microphone here, folks. But you put it on, and as Monty mentioned – you mentioned earlier, you almost hit the back of your hand up against the wall. Right. And the rest of your body kind of adapts to that – as opposed to you adapting to the training aid itself. You're adapting to your own body moving somewhere. Right. Any of the common swing faults that people have, if you perform that movement, you are not going to flush that pad on the wall. It is, it's just not possible. You know, over the top, flip, cast, slide, hang back, all the ones, you know, all the cliches that people talk about on the range. You do one of those movements, that pad is not getting to the wall. So by process of elimination, you're forced to do most things in the swing, at least competently, mm-hmm. in, order to, in order to get that done. You know, and, and one of the big things that people often struggle with, so I'm a, I'm a caster. I, I know I am. I've played golf for a long time, but I know that's my swing flaw. And I always have to constantly work for that. And I've learned over the course of many years and many lessons watching some of your videos, actually, um, you have to move a lot of your body in sync. And it's not just a hand thing. 
like you can stop flipping at the ball, but you have to get your yes. body into a certain sink to get anything out there. See, that's the thing that, that this is the thing that is the biggest misconception for every golfer out there. Your swing faults are not swing faults. And people always give me a strange look when I say that every swing fault is a result of your brain trying to somehow get the club to the ball and send the ball generally in the direction of where the target is. And if all you did was eliminate that swing fault, you would hit it worse. You have to um, get at the root cause of the problem. And that's, that's what you're trying to get done. You're trying to find the root cause of the problem. Your cast is not the problem. Just as an example, mm-hmm. okay, using the context of the training aid. Golfers who get their upper body too far forward. If you don't cast the club, you're going to stick the club in the ground and you're not going to get it airborne. Mm-hmm. So when using the training aid, you can't lunge your upper body because your shoulder will smack the wall. So that's how it's addressing the root cause of the problem and not allowing you to make that fault because the wall's in your way. Right. And I think it's the, the um, instituting that barrier, a physical barrier, but another uh, just for another sake of context, just so I, I understand correctly, another uh, swing guide or a tip is to often people here to keep your weight back a little bit and to not lunge forward is to maybe picture your golf bag behind you or a chair and you almost want to sit down a little bit. This is kind of the same thing where you've got this image in your mind now. And at least in my experience using the training aid, uh, cause there's snow on the ground. Now I got nothing else to do. Um, you are pit, you are literally hitting it against the wall, taking a step back and then trying to replicate that feel. Is that pretty much the goal? That's pretty much the goal. So in doing that over time, doing it multiple times in a row, you're implementing muscle memory and something that you mentioned earlier, would you say that uh, everyone has to move in a certain way to enjoy the game at any point to get that ball going anywhere? And you had mentioned that if you were to only fix that one swing flaw, you would actually hit it worse. Would you say that some golfers who come to you or you've spoken with are actually quite athletic in order to make that motion work and they only have to make a tweak or two to really become a really good golfer. I said, it's almost everybody. Um, there, there are, it, it's actually backwards to what most people think. Um, people that are more athletic tend to have work. So, so there's really, there's three groups of people mm-hmm. there's, you know, that are struggling. Okay. There's obviously good players. We'll put them aside. So people that are very athletic, they can make an ugly move at the ball and still get the club face on the ball. Okay. Then you have your people that are extremely athletic, unathletic. Mm -hmm. They better be pretty decent or they're not going to get the club to the ball. Right. And then there, there's another group of people where, you know, they're not quite athletic enough to overcome the swing faults, but they were told to do things a certain way. That's actually the opposite of what's correct. And then they really, really struggle. These are the people that get the I mean, people of all skill levels. I use it myself, but, but the, the, the third group are the people that get the most out of 
this training aid where, you know, all of the misinformation they've been, you know, keep your head down. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorites. That has been disproven time and time again throughout the bag, except for putter. Putter, that's a different animal. But pitching, wedges, driver, whenever you tell someone to keep your head, keep their head down, that is a good way to make them terrible. But there are a lot of other ones that, I, you know, I won't get into all of them, but sure. a lot of the range, I call them range cliches. When a 12 is giving a lesson to an 18, they all come out. And it's been proven with modern science that they're pretty much all either misunderstood or 180 degrees off. And that you give those kind of ideas to someone who's not super coordinated, then, you know, that, that's why you have people that have played golf for 30 years and they still can't break 100. Yeah, you know, that's actually an interesting point, too, because there's so much out there preaching to golfers the golfer you just described someone who's played for a long time they just want to break that next barrier and you know 190 whatever but they never improve and in fact if we look at the uh the average scores and i don't have them in front of me of course but i'm sure you know this the average score for 18 holes hasn't really improved that much over time and it's just people taking that step i believe and let me know your thoughts on it to hey I need to understand why I'm doing something incorrectly in order for me to fix it. Is that pretty much true? That, that, that you couldn't, that you couldn't have said it better. So there's a couple of things about what you said there. What you said about scores, not coming down, that's actually starting to change. Oh, good. Okay. And the other thing is, is there was a study done that once you've played for three years, you can't get any better. And, that is a load of garbage. I've disproven hmm. that on the lesson T hundreds of times. Here is the issue in both of those cases is, and, and, you know, I don't want to come off as the, you know, the Howard Beale, you know, in network, you know, railing against, you know, the machine, but. That's a hell of a reference. <laughs> right. But the information over the last 50 years has been so awful that only the most elite golfers, the most elite um, abilities and the hardest workers were able to dig their way out of all of this misinformation. And it's been in the last five to 10 years, um, modern technology has been, has been able to prove this is what good players actually do and not the misinterpretation of looking at 2D stills from 50 years ago of Ben Hogan. So um, that is why things are starting to improve for everybody. But there's a secondary problem. When you get someone on the lesson tee and you say, look, they measured 150 tour players and 147 of them do move X. Mm -hmm. And move X is literally the exact opposite of what this person was told by his father, by his grandfather, by his teaching pro at his club. When it's 180 degrees, the opposite of what he's told, changing that belief system is really difficult. But to most people, they're like, well, if 147 out of 150 tour players do it, it's probably a good idea. By the way, Monty, what did the other three do? 
well, they did something kind of unique, but it's still not what you were told. So when 150 world-class players don't do what the party line says, <laughs> right. it, it's a, it's a tough sell sometimes. And I think that's what I really like the most about this training aid is that your golfers are very goal oriented, whether they want to admit it or not. And what this aid did for me is it gives me the goal to accomplish. I have to figure out how to get there. Right. Would you say that a lot of golfers, regardless of, regardless of uh, talent level years in the game, they fit into some category where, you know what, if you give them something to achieve, they're going to learn a little bit quicker. I've heard that before. I don't know if you agree. Oh, I agree a hundred percent, which is why when I teach, you know, I don't count setup as a change because you get set your setups wrong, set up correctly. Here are the 18 things that you were doing wrong, whatever. So we put setup aside once they're over the ball and ready to pull the trigger. I go, this is the only movement change that you're trying to create. And it might not even be an internal focus, like do this with your right elbow. It might be in your mind, try to strike the ball so far out on the toe that you almost miss it. Mm. And they're like, well, what's that going to accomplish? I said, I'll show you in a second. And when they see the before and after video, they go, how did, you know, how did just trying to hit it off the toe make me swing better? And I said, well, your perception of what you're supposed to do isn't quite right. And so that translates to the training aid. We're taking you out of your comfort zone and getting you to accomplish a task that is different than what you've done. How we do that, you know, sometimes is a trial and error process. But, you know, I always say, these are the two things that I kind of live by as an instructor. Number one, you got two groups of people. The ones who don't care if they get better or what their swing looks like. They just want to go outside and have a good time. I love those people. I want to go play with them. <laughs> but the vast majority are, I hate my swing. I know I should be much better. What can I do to fix it? And obviously, this is the group that, that I'm going to. So the problem is, is that everybody approaches um, how to get better in an incomplete way, in my opinion. So there, there's two discussions and you have people in two different camps. Camp A is here are the proper movements in a golf swing and here are the positions you need to hit. This is what we need to learn. And then you have a group on the other side that says, group A, they have no idea what they're talking about. Hmm. It should be like walking. It should just be a feel, you know, Right. And you should just do something athletic and, you know, try to hit a draw, just picture a draw. And then you go back to the other group, well, feel, feels are fleeting and feels are what, pe and it's a back and forth discussion. Mm -hmm. And I watch the argument and I go, you're all wrong. You have to have some of both. You have to understand what, in fact, you're trying to accomplish, whether it's a movement change, a ball flights change, whatever. You have to know... This is what we're trying to accomplish. Then you can push that to the side and say, what ideas can we put in? What feels, what drills, what visualizations can we do to make A happen? And if you have one without the other, it's incomplete. And I think that's why a lot of people fail 
because they only take one of the two um, roads and you kind of have to go in both directions and then meet in the middle on the other side. That, that convergence, you know, meeting in the middle is really interesting to me because as you were talking, I was kind of picturing how I've learned over the years and I have played my best golf when I did exactly what you just described, when I kept the goal in mind, because let's not forget, this is a goal-based game. You want to hit the ball to a flag that's out X amount of yards down the, the fairway. Would you say that in the people you've, you've taught that they often lose sight of that? Oh yeah. This is another one of the things that, that I, I mean, I make this out to be a joke, but it's actually true. And it shows the backward thinking of amateurs and why they don't get better. This, this is a very important point on why amateurs don't get better. And everybody listening is going to say, all right, what, what bunch of BS is this guy going to come up with now? And, <laughs> and then they're going to go, wait a second, that's me. Um, when people are on the range trying to improve their swing, all they do is complain about, oh, I fatted that one. Oh, I drew that one too much. Oh, I hit that one thin. When that's not the goal when you're working on something on the range. When you're working on something on the range, the goal is to improve the way your body is moving. And then they get out to the golf course when all they should be thinking about is that solid strike on target to the pin somewhere. And all they do is go, oh, I didn't move my right elbow correct. Oh, I didn't get my hips. <laughs> oh, I didn't keep my head down. So you can see exactly right. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> It's backwards thinking. Mm -hmm. So if you're on the range worrying about how each individual shot is hit, you're never going to improve the way your body moves. And if you're on the course worrying about how your body is moving, you're never going to get the ball flying toward the target very often. So the range is for fixing the way you move. The golf course is for hitting good shots. And if you mix and match the two, you're just spinning your wheels. Monty Scheinbloom, folks, is who we're speaking to today. You can go out to 300yardimpact.com to pick up the training aid. You know, for $49.95, you can go and pick out just an extremely well-made, simple to understand, easy to, to really pick up and start using right out of the box. It's it's a, almost a no-brainer in this instance because, you know, Monty, I'm sure you've seen, and I don't want to rip any other training aids. That's not what we do here. But... In the same instance, there are some, like I said earlier, that are overly complicated. It almost turns you off to the game a little bit because it gives you that, that false learned helplessness, so to speak, where I'm just not going to get any better when we both know that's not true. One of the reasons why I created this is because I despised all of the other training aids. <laughs> um, you know, but, but again, there, there's, there's, some, there's now, again, this is the best time to be a golfer learning how to get better. Some of the training aids are better. Um, the information is better. Um, the instructors that actually work hard to learn what is real and what is myth, you can get some of the best instruction that's ever been given right now uh, if, if you're able to find that out. And again, the last five years, some of the, 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 there's been some great training aids that come out. So, Monty, we're right up against the clock here. I know you've got a lot of active uh, lesson tips, lessons, a lot of videos out on Instagram. Where can listeners hear more from Monty? Yeah, Instagram. You know, I've, I've got 
a lot of videos on YouTube, which, you know, most of them are like three to four years old to 10 years old. And what I've noticed is, is, you know, I haven't changed my view, but I've refined it. Um, but um, Instagram, I pretty much have a new post up every day. It's at Monty Shinebloom. Um, pretty much a new post every day. And it's, you know, it's a mixed bag of, I analyze tour player swings and say, here's what we can learn from this. I give drills. I give tips. I show how people uh, on my lesson T improved with X change X, um, you know, and then, you know, like when I played in the U S senior open last year and we got to throw the football around at Notre Dame stadium, I post stuff like that when I'm playing in a big tournament. Um, so, you know, it's a mixed bag of, of fun and, 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 and information. It's an entertaining follow. As I said, I've been following you for a long time. Uh, just a quick, I guess, selfish thing here. I, I've had a chance to meet a lot of cool people doing this. And I got to say, I've been looking to talk to you for a long time. And so I'm glad that we were able to finally do it. Uh, hopefully, once uh, you know the world gets to be a little bit more normal, maybe if we cl- cross paths one day, we can go out to the course and you can show me a thing or two. Absolutely. All right, Monty, thanks so much for coming on. And listeners, once again, go out to 300yardimpact.com. Pick up one of these training aids. I I use it myself. I've got it right here for those on YouTube. You saw me put it on. There's going to be even more information in the show notes here. Monty, let's keep in touch. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.